Hello, this is Scott Gordon. Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hey, this is the biggest suitcase to ever play the game, Mike McKenna. This is Dale Weiss. Hi, this is Bob Clark. You listen to. And you're listening to. You're listening to. And you're listening to. You're listening to. Snow the goalie. 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 Welcome back into Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast, the People's Podcast, the Players Podcast, the Presidential Podcast, the Prognosticators Podcast, the Pedialyte Podcast, the Pampers Podcast, and my goodness, Anthony Sanfilippo, a few moves have been made that have turned the hockey world upside down and has plenty of Flyers fans on Twitter saying, what the chuck? I'm Russ Joy at Joy on Broad, joined as always by Anthony Sanfilippo, who you can find on Twitter at Ant San Philly. Anthony, I'm sure you have uh, a lot of takes about some of these moves that have gone down. And of course, the draft is on Friday. So uh, let's get into it. I really don't have a lot of takes, Russ, if you if you must know. I don't I don't I'm not takey with this because I, I know that Flyers Twitter has actually, you know, kind of burned itself to the ground the, the past few weeks, few days uh, with Chuck's moves, the trade for, of Radko Gudis to Washington for Matt Niskanen, um, the the buying out of Andrew McDonald's last year of his contract, and then the trade that uh, we're recording here on June 18th, um, a Tuesday night, the trade earlier today um, of uh, a second-round draft pick in the upcoming draft plus a third-rounder next year uh, for Justin Braun, defenseman from the San Jose Sharks. And I know everybody is, like, going crazy, right? And, uh, you know, if you really want to look at the moves, as I put out in a tweet, uh, earlier, look at them in a vacuum, then it's easy to sit there and criticize these moves. But I, I think that we have to, knowing that there is going to be a significant overhaul of this Flyers roster, um, and and it's going to be, you know, we said at the end of the season it was going to look a lot different come training camp um, than it did at the end of the season, knowing that there's more to come, I, I don't think we can really sit here and criticize or or even, you know, <laughs> uh, praise Chuck for what he's done so far because we have to wait and see what the rest is going to be. And I, it, people are mis- mistaking when I say that. They're like, oh, we've been patient enough with this team. We can't be patient any longer. I'm not asking you to be patient into the season. I'm just asking you to be patient until July 4th and then, you know, when all the dust settles and say, okay, now what does this roster look like? And then we can decide then – you know, did Chuck do a good job or did he fall flat on his face? And I think that is a fair thing to do at this juncture because really how many big moves have happened in the NHL so far? And of all the moves, it's like the Flyers are like at the forefront of things for the most part. You know, they were the first team to, to trade for the rights to a free agent with Kevin Hayes. Yeah, the same thing happened with Truba going to the Rangers. Um, but, uh, you know, aside from really that, and then, of course, Eric Carlson's you know mega contract in San Jose, the, f- the Flyers are the guys who are doing, you know, or the, you know, the team that is doing something and is making the moves and, and being out in front of it, and they're getting killed. And it's unnecessary. Look, if we want to, we'll, we'll talk about each move individually, and I think I will, you know, express to everyone what I feel about each move individually, and it will make, I think it will make more sense. 
But at the same time, I, I'm not ready to judge you know, what Chuck Fletcher is doing based off of these two moves, not knowing what's coming the rest of this week into the draft on Friday and Saturday and then leading up to uh, free agency on July 1. I, I, I just can't. So This is so boring. So boring of you. I'm honestly a little bit upset. I'm a little bit disappointed if I'm, if I'm being totally truthful. What did you want me to say? What did you really? What did you expect me to say? Did you expect me to come out here full of piss and vinegar and yell and scream about these trades? Yes. Go drink some more. Come back with more piss. Go under your sink and grab the white vinegar. I don't care if you have to go and grab the red wine vinegar, the apple cider vinegar. Come back with something else. This is the thing. I I, I keep sitting here thinking, all right, in, in theory, is this team any better than they were last year as it currently stands? Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't totally hate the Gudis move on the surface. Like, let's get a couple things out of the way. Radko Gudis, I think, was coming off the best year of his career. I think Niskanen's coming off of one of the, the worst seasons that he's had, at least in the last five. If the roles had been reversed and we'd been coming off a bad Gudis season and a good Niskanen season, this deal doesn't get done, right? So this is kind of the perfect storm. It's rolling the dice on a guy. Granted, you're you're adding plenty of money against the cap, but you had plenty of cap space going into this offseason. I don't necessarily think you had to retain Gudis' salary to get this deal done. Um, the Kevin Hayes thing, I think, is is one of the most desperate moves that I've seen. And I think the Hayes thing kind of speaks to something that I'm fearful, and I've been fearful of the Flyers are going to find out going into this offseason, which is... Perhaps some of the top unrestricted free agents are not interested in coming to Philadelphia. And I say this, and it's not just a hockey thing. This happens in any sport. Front offices talk to agents. And, of course, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. They never discuss financials because that would be tampering. But as a responsible, free, like, as a responsible front office, you have to gauge from an agent whether or not a guy would be interested in, in signing with the team if you go out and acquire his exclusive negotiating rights, as they did with Kevin Hayes. The fact that they didn't get it done the same day, a la uh, Kimo Timonen and Scott Hartnell signing the day of their trade, that wasn't alarming to me, but for it to have stretched out as long as it has, and the closer we get to this, this uh, you know, the end of the negotiation window ending, the more I fear that either Hayes isn't interested in playing here, or we're going to end up in this hardball situation where Chuck Fletcher is going to have to bend, and we're going to look at like seven seven million per year over six years for Kevin Hayes, who I'm not convinced is worth that money or worth that commitment. And that's kind of where I'm at. This this move for Justin, not Ryan Braun, is fine. Um, I think it was still probably an overpay in terms of having to part with a second round pick in addition to a third. But it's a one year move and you're trying to solidify your blue line. I get it. That's where I'm at. OK, let's let's. Let's break down what you just said. Let's take it in parts. Let's let's go in order. All right. Let's start with Kevin Hayes. Um, That's not in order. Well, like, okay. That, I guess chronological order it is okay. Chronological order. We're going chronological order. Okay. So Kevin Hayes, I, I don't disagree with you that it was a, a little bit of an act of desperation. Um, I, I think that the Flyers recognized that here is a player that they wanted, and that they felt like they could, um, uh, you know, woo over the course of three weeks before he hit free agency, and they felt confident enough that they could convince him um, to to sign here and not enter free agency, um, and it would only cost a fifth-round pick to do that. 
Which is fine. That's not bad compensation. I have no issue with the compensation they yeah. gave up. And so so that's what that's their thought process. And I will tell you that, I mean, it's worked before. And you pointed out the Tiemann and Hartnell situation. Um, they also did it with Mark Streit. Um, that took a little bit of while, a little bit of time to get done, but they, they got it done. Um, they did it with Briz. Uh, and it, it was took humongous a, big. Yeah. And it took a little bit of, a little bit of time to get done, but it got done. Um, and they tried it once with, uh, who the hell was the defense? Hamwe. Oh, Hamhu. Stan Hamhu's. Hamhu. Yeah. I call it Hamhu. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's a, so you're allowed to mispronounce names, but I'm not. Okay. I, mean, I got it's, it. It's more I French. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, uh, Julio Tehran. When I said Tehran, you were like, well, "You can't! You don't know the pronunciation of his name." Well, it was upsetting. Yeah. yeah well, Spanish okay. is also the second largest language in the United States of America. Okay. So well, Dan Hamus, um, uh, and it didn't work. That's a terrible. Actually, ugh, whatever. And they traded him. <laughs> they ended up trading his rights a second time to Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh didn't even get him signed because he ended up going to Vancouver, which is, I believe, close to his hometown, and that's where he wanted to play. Um, All right, hold on. So let's take take a, so, take a second. I want, I want to break down your breakdown. I'm, the getting, aqu- oh, no, I'm not just, done. Just give me Go a second. <laughs> Level-wise, Timonen and Hartnell were big pieces that you thought were going to put you over the top, correct? Like, one was going to be probably a top-pair defenseman, and one was going to be a winger that you were going to rely on for at least moderate to heavy goal scoring. Yes? Okay. Uh Mark Streit, I think at the time, was supposed to be a top three defenseman on their team, correct? Yeah. Uh, who else did we mention other than uh, Briz? Briz was supposed to be your franchise goalie and it's somebody that Ed Snyder was hell bent on signing. He was supposed to be the best goalie on the market. He was supposed to be the guy to yep. solidify the position. Yeah. And Ham, what is it? Hamhus? Hamhus. Hamhus? That's so dumb. I can't, I just don't even want to talk about him. If I remember correctly, and I and I don't I don't have full recollection of this, he was supposed to be a, a a solid what top at worst second pair defenseman. Yeah, a second pair probably, but yes, correct. The difference here, and and then I'm going to let you go again. Kevin Hayes to me is not of the same kind of caliber as those guys that you went out and made previous deals for the exclusive negotiating rights to. That's why I'm saying I feel like this is a more desperate move. And the Flyers have already gauged from agents that unrestricted free agents are not inclined to give Philadelphia either a fair shot or a number one uh, preferred destination shot. Back to you. Okay. Um, and let me – here's the thing. All right, this, you're like a broken clock because you're getting it right but for all the wrong reasons. Okay? That's fine. All right. So – First of all, the reason that it's an act of desperation, every one of those previous moves came off of a very disappointing season or scenario, okay? Sure. Uh, the 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 hartnell teaming thing happened after what was perhaps the worst season in Flyer history in 2006-07, and they were, they were in the offseason because Holmgren you know, convinced them, we're going to turn this around real quick. They signed Briere. They traded for those guys. They brought in Marty Biron right before the trade deadline. Um, they added a bunch of pieces that they really felt like they could contend right away. And lo and behold, in 2008, they reached the Eastern Conference Finals. So that was part of that. That was that was kind of what they went with, right? Um, uh, Brizgalov was a panic move because they were a disaster in goal in the playoffs. So they came off the Stanley Cup 
season. And then the next season was when they had the, the meltdown of um, of goalies. And I, I think I actually wrote the wrong thing in the in the story when I wrote about it. But um, I had the, the two seasons backwards. But uh, they, they survived a seven-game series against a far inferior Buffalo team that they were down 3-2, had to come back and win, and then got obliterated and swept by Boston uh, in the second round. And the goaltending was just trash in the entire playoff. And that's when Snyder said, we need to go. So it was, again, it was a desperation move because they had been in the cup final the year before. And they realized, they're like, well, geez, with this group of guys, we should be, yeah, we should be able to compete and we should be able to win. And they had no goalie. And so that was that was the desperation there. Um, Mark Strike came off of a ugly non-playoff season, right? And they brought him in. So I mean, th- this is this is an, the sign of what they do when they are a desperate team to get better quick. Okay, sure. every time that's what it is. So yes, they're desperate, but I don't think that they're desperate because they feel like nobody wants to play here. Now that might not be you might not be wrong that there are people players who would say if my choices are Philadelphia or X I might like X better whereas in the years past Philadelphia would always be you know at that top of that list I, I certainly think that there is that possibility that they are stepping down from being a destination location for free agents um, but I don't think it's it's the sky is falling nobody ever wants to play in Philadelphia again there is there are plenty of guys in this league currently and who are recent um, you know, retirees or whatever, who guys talk to who will speak volumes about how great of a place it is to live and, and play in Philadelphia and how they take care of their own, okay? So I think that is a little bit presumptuous to say that no one wants to come here, just a little bit. I, I, don't, I, I don't disagree that it's, it's not what it once was. But I don't think that it's to the point where it's like I ain't going to Philadelphia and frig that place. You know, I don't think I don't see that happening. So, uh, so back to where I was going with the with the Kevin Hayes thing. Um, I, you know, I, I have a feeling like it's going to get. I, you know, from what I hear, I think it's going to get done. To be honest, and, and I was a little, I was a little leery of it at first. I didn't necessarily think when he didn't sign right away, and a report came out that he had a couple other cities that he wanted to, you know, consider that he's thinking about, um, you know, and you know, Philadelphia's in the list, but maybe not number one. I thought they they're done. There's no shot. But now I kind of get the sense from talking to a couple people that it's it's going to happen, and they're going to spend a pretty penny on Kevin Hayes. Whether you want to talk about, you know, overpaying. He's going to end up getting, I think, six years, forty million. I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. I'm sorry. I'm just, I, it's what I think he's going to get. I think it's going to be six years, forty million. And you know, is Kevin Hayes worth six years, forty million? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't think so. But you know, if that's what it takes to. If that's the guy that you've identified and said he's the kind of player that is going to work in this system, and you know Elaine Vigneault knows him because he had him in New York, you know maybe that's the kind of guy that you know he insisted like if I come there, that's who I want to go get. You know, go get him, pay him what you can. I know what he can do. You know you got to trust the coach a little bit there because he knows him. Okay, so maybe in the long run that ends up being we sit here we you know we're going to make fun of it now. I'm like oh my god they're overspending on it. But then, you know, who knows? Three, four years down the line, we maybe we're sitting there saying, well, you got a real you know, friendly contract here. Who knows? Um, 
But uh, so what that's, are the odds? What are the odds? What are the odds that two, three years from now we look back at this Kevin Hayes deal? Let's let's hypothesize it's, it's six years. I still fear that it might have to go seven for them to get it done. I think that would be a good negotiating tactic by the agent, get an extra year as the way to solidify him signing this deal before hitting free agency. Let's say it's six years and it's around six and a half million per season. What are the odds in two, three years we look back and say, man, you know what? That was a that was a great job by Chuck Fletcher because uh, Kevin Hayes is really has really elevated his game. Um, that is know. the response I, I needed. That's well, the response I, I needed. I don't know. We are not know. talking. We're not talking about going out and making a franchise changing move. We're not going out. I'm, I'm not even putting this but in. Like I'm not putting have, this. But, I'm, but I'm does not it putting. Have hold on. To be Russ? Does it I, I kind of think. Changing? I kind of think that's where we're at. No, you go we're into not. This, you go into this off season Ugh. with a ton of cap space. Yes. And I'm and I'm not saying. I, I understand that we have plenty of RFAs that have to get signed. But I'm not trying to compare this to like you go out and you offer sheet Braden Point or Mitch Marner. And then you say, hey, in two, three years, maybe we look back on this and say, man, he probably should have gotten $14 million or $15 million for what he's doing now. I'm not saying it has to be that level, but the fact that we can't seem to project out what exactly it is that Kevin Hayes could be and, and thinking that, yeah, there's a very decent chance here. There's a, there's a 60 70% chance that in two years we look back and say, this was a good, frugal move. And this is the thing that allowed the Flyers to get to that next level or set them up to get to the next level. The fact that we are not so definitive about that is alarming to me, especially oh. because we're not in this transitional phase. Well, this first team of is all, supposed first... to start to take that next step. You, you are. You know what you are? You are Flyers Twitter right now. You are. Sure. You're a total dumpster fire, man, because sure. this is not this is. First of all, if, if Kevin Hayes signs and he is the marquee move of the offseason, then Chuck Fletcher has failed, okay? If that's the case, then Chuck Fletcher has failed as general manager. If Kevin Hayes and Matt Niskanen and uh, Justin Braun are the three biggest names that he brings in, then he has failed as a GM. And you heard it here. I'm saying it out loud. But, but, just because this is the order that they've gone in, Okay, this just because they went out and said and you know got the negotiating rights to Kevin Hayes does not mean that that is the player that they deem is going to be the franchise altering player. It just means that they looked at the guy, they you know the coach knows him, they like him. He's hovered around 50 points every season of his career, okay? And maybe if maybe in you know getting back into Vino's system, they think he can give a little bit more. What if he becomes a 60-65 point player? That's probably worth the money. Right, probably worth it if he can give you a little bit more than what he has already. I, I don't think that's a ridiculous gamble. Um, but if he's if he's just what he's been, if he's a fifty point player, and you know twenty goals, thirty assists, is six years six point five a year, forty million? Is that worth it? Eh, it's probably a little high, probably, but it's not going to kill you. It's not, it's not going to sit there and be like, oh, what an albatross of a contract that is. No, that's not going to, that's not going to be it. So what, what I'm saying to you is, is that it, you can't, you can't just sit here and throw, you know, throw a temper tantrum about this, what's been done so far, because we don't know what's coming. I, th- I think the Flyers are going to make a big trade on Friday. How do you like that? I think on the day of the draft. I think a big trade is coming. A big time forward is going to be brought in, 
and everybody's going to be like, whoa. And forget the freaking Nat Niskanen and Justin Braun and Kevin Hayes stuff is going to be so, so secondary. How like confident that. are you, San Filippo? How confident are you? I, I, I'm I'm pretty confident that that's what they're doing. I'm pretty I'm pretty confident that's what they're doing. It's so Friday, the drop dead date. No, it's not the drop dead date. I mean, who so knows? what is it? It's it's going to be what number eleven? Ghost, Konechny, who else goes? And it's, what kind of what kind of caliber player are we getting back, Anthony? Are we getting a franchise altering forward back? You, what's a franchise altering forward? If you are you going to get if you're going to get a player somebody who puts the biscuit in the basket, somebody who's capable of putting getting, in thirty plus goals. If you're getting an that'd all-star, be swell. All star caliber player is that good? I think that would be swell. Okay. Well then, so then wait, then relax and wait because I there's got to be more coming. And I'll tell you, let's get through. I mean, I haven't got, I haven't gotten past Kevin Hayes yet, and I because there's there's a progression here that I'm going to try dying. and explain. Okay. I'm dying. So, I'm dead. I cease to exist. Good. I'm glad. That means I can talk. You know, without being interrupted. Host the show by yourself. I'm out. Okay. Good. So then your next your next move. Okay, is trading Radko Gudis for Matt Niskanen. And a lot of people complain on two levels. One, Niskanen's three years older than Gudis. Two, Niskanen's contract is not a great contract. Three, you're keeping uh, 30% of um, Gudis' remaining salary. So in essence, you've, you know, you're paying Nat, Matt Niskanen you know, about $7 million this year to be a defenseman. And four, he had a down year in Washington. So everything, you just take those four things and you just look at those four things and don't consider anything else. And you sit there and say, well, geez, that was a terrible trade. Of course. Of course, if that's how you spin it, yeah, that's a terrible trade. I mean, I could spin yeah. it another way, not to say that I want to, but I could spin it another way to make it sound like a pretty decent trade, okay? Go on. All right? I, I, well, okay. He's a right-hand shot defenseman, okay, which Gudis was as well. But, I mean, he's a right-hand shot defenseman who can play bigger minutes against better comp, uh, opposition, okay? He's two, not less than a year – well, at this point, it's a little over a year, about a year and a few weeks – uh, away from being the key uh, part of the key pair of a Stanley Cup winning defense. Okay, Matt Niskanen and Dmitry Orlov were the two defensemen that the Capitals leaned on heavily in the playoffs, uh, down the stretch too in regular season, but in the playoffs to win a Stanley Cup. Okay, that they were, and Niskanen was great in the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, in 2018 against Vegas, and even in the in the uh, rounds previous, he was really good. Okay, yeah, he had a down 18-19. There's no question about it. He wasn't as good. But again, think about it. Here's a guy who now played an entire run to the Stanley Cup Finals, had a shortened off season, and then you kind of get into the next season. It's like okay, he's he's a little bit behind. I'm not I'm not making an excuse for him, but you can understand why. But you're making it, an excuse it, for him. No, I'm not. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm not. No, no, no. I'm not. Okay. So you could sit there and say that, and say, well, there, there's a guy that they think plus, plus, and this is something that the Flyers are really focusing on. And if you don't see it, then I think you're a little blind. They are really focusing on changing the culture of that locker room. Okay. The two Which guys. Is fair. Are, totally, totally fine. Totally fair. The, 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 well, three guys. The two, the, the, if you count Hayes, and then the two defensemen that they traded for, all of them. Big time character guys, big time do do things the right way kind of guys, big time leadership skills, especially Niskanen and, and Braun. Okay, really well liked people. Because so I'm going to get to Braun in a second. I talked to someone out in San Jose who gave me the rundown on them. You know, and, and just talked about just how important he is 
in the locker room, okay? And I think that that's something that they're going for. And so if you're if you're making if you say okay, well, Gudis was a few years younger. You're right. You're right. But is it that big of a transition from Gudis to Niskanen that you say, oh, that's a, such a terrible trade? I I can't judge it. I can't judge it personally. I, even though I just made an argument for Niskanen, I can't judge it until I see how everything plays out. Until I see where he slots on this roster. Where do I think he's going to play? I think he's going to play top four, maybe even top pair, because I think they want to have a left-hander and a right-hander on every pair. So I think that Niskanen probably is going to play with Provorov, while Braun is going to play with Sanheim on the second pair. And why do I think that Justin Braun is a second-pair defenseman and not a third-pair defenseman, where he kind of fell off to in San Jose this past year? Again, down year for him after having some decent seasons previous because you don't trade a second and third round draft pick for a guy on a one with one year left on his contract to just say yeah well we're going to trot you out there you know 13 minutes a night on the third pair you don't yeah well, you're expect, now in you're, fa- in, you're expecting in, more out of him in fairness you don't do that if you believe in him but the question isn't necessarily are they going to put him on the second pair? It's does he deserve to be on the second pair? I get the lefty-righty thing. I think it's fine. But they, they're going to start him there. Well, because Only because Phil Myers, who may eventually become that guy on the second pair, you can't rely on him based off of a you know 20-game audition in the end of the regular season. No, and I think he should – I think that they can bring him along slowly like they did Sanheim. Yeah. I think the way that they approached Sanheim last year – again, we this is like the one thing that – I've gone out of my way to to pat Dave Hackstall on the back about. I think working him into situations in limited minutes and against um, you know lower lines and not putting him up against you know the the opposing team's top two lines was was massively beneficial to him in the beginning of the season, right? And I think if if you're able to bring Myers along slowly and put him with somebody who's reliable defensively on that third pair, I mean you're in a much better spot than you were last year. So I, I don't have an issue there. Yeah, but I, so I just, I just, I don't know if if Braun well, on many did, teams in this league then would where be does he, a second pair defenseman. I don't then where's he going? I don't know. <laughs> okay, that's what I'm saying. He's going to play there now. Do but I I'm not think, the one who made the move. You know, okay. like that. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I, I don't necessarily know if I, he should be there. As I put out on Twitter, okay, I, I, I have, I don't like this one as I, I, I like the Niskanen deal better than this one. But again, I'm I'm not ready to just kill it because I want to see how it all shakes out. It, it, there could be so much more to this that I, that we don't even know about just yet. So I want to I want to wait and see. I th- this is where I say you got to give Chuck the benefit of the doubt to see what he puts together. And just because he's doing this these pieces first doesn't mean that these are a prior the priority. It just means that these are the ones that were available sooner. So here's I think the question. there's more, more coming. We know that right-handed defensemen are a bit of a hot commodity in hockey. Yeah. And the, Flyers is there, have, is, the Flyers are going to have three of them now. Is there a chance that Chuck Fletcher made these moves so that he has right-handed defenseman ammunition for a draft day deal on Friday? Possibly, yeah. That's possible. Yeah. I, I, I don't think – I don't put anything out of the, out of the mix. At because this I don't hate that – conceptually, I don't hate that at all. Right? I really don't. Like, if – if part of this move was because they thought that would be the thing to put put a a massive draft day deal over the top, then I'm a okay with it. 
have no problem. Then we gotta wait and see. This is this is what I'm trying to say. Is what I was. I'm not lighting the world on fire. I'm merely expressing that I think that fans have the right to be disappointed to an extent. No, they don't. They do. They don't. You can't get disappointed over these moves because you don't know what they lead to. Like I said, if if in fact two weeks from now this is it. And there's not much more than you know beyond this, other than maybe a couple more small little pieces here and there. Then yeah, then you have a reason to be upset. But until that time comes, you cannot get upset at this. You can't. It's foolish to get upset at this. It, it's just foolish. That's all there is to it. I, I'm I'm sorry. That's just that's just the way it is. And I'm not trying to belittle anyone. I'm just telling you that there's a bigger picture, man, and you got to look at it. You got to see it. You got to see that there's the potential for more. It could it could blow up on the Flyers and become a disaster. And then of course everybody will be like, "I told you so, Anthony. I told you so." And that's fine. You can say, "I told you so." All I'm asking is that you just let it play out first. Let it become July. Let's talk on Independence Day and say, "Okay, this was this was a good month. June, you know, between you know, June fourth to July fourth was a good month for the Flyers, or it was a disastrous month for the Flyers." Then we can have our takes. Then we can all have our takes on July 4th. Until then, any take, positive or negative, is premature. Anyone. I think fans have the right to be upset because of the timing of uh, the the Truba deal going down the way that it did. And then it's the next day you go out and you get Braun. And I get that, you know, Pionk would have been, I don't know, what what would his equivalent have been? Maybe Myers? And then what? Maybe you don't want to part with the 11th pick as Myers better than Pionk. Like, I don't know. I, I'm just saying that, like, the timing-wise of seeing a division rival that went out, lucked out in the draft, uh, in the draft lottery, and it feels like they might have just le- leapfrogged you in the path to rebuilding faster with better depth and better players. I don't know if it's if it was a bad deal by the Rangers to go out, and, and maybe it ends up only being a, a one-year um, contract that Truba ends up playing under. But man, would I have preferred to have Truba here and sell him on this city and on this team for a year going into negotiations next year? I think I would. I mean, I think that that for the value probably would have been worth more than what they ended up getting in, in Braun. Now, granted, if if somebody drops to them at 11 that they really like, you know, Krebs got hurt. Mr. Krebs, as we were calling him on the last episode, he's injured. Um, you know, if, if maybe they think they can trade back in the round and get him lower... Um, or if they are able to pull off a draft day deal where you really needed number 11, then then okay, I guess you know not making the move for Troop is fine. But I get why people are upset because the, the optics of those two moves aren't great. Because if it ends up being that Braun plays out this one year and then next year you don't bring him back, and that costs you second or third uh, a second and third round pick, versus Truba playing out one year and it might have cost you a young defenseman like Myers, and maybe a first or maybe that second round pick that you ended up sending out for Braun. I, I think I would have rather rolled the dice on Truba, but that's just me. Again, we can we can reassess that after we see what else happens. Because that's the that's the important thing. Like you, you sit there and say, Well, yeah, I would trade this pick and, and this player for Jacob Truba. Sure. But what if you need those players for something else that you're doing? That's that's it. I mean, you can't we can't jump to conclusions. That's all I'm that's all I'm saying is we can't jump ahead. It's like, oh, the Rangers are they're so much smarter. Well, are they? Because let's see what the Flyers finish doing. And then at the end, maybe they are. 
Maybe they are smarter. But right now, we cannot. It's incomplete. It's Philadelphia, Anthony. We don't sit back for months on end like St. Louis fans or. Hey, they have a Stanley Cup. Yeah, I know. I, I, I get it buddy okay i can't wait until the audio drops of us going on uh, doing the crossover episode which i don't remember if we even talked about on the last episode but that we did not that. yeah um we're allowed to be reactionary in philadelphia i'm just trying to provide you why people are as upset as they are and i'm t- and, and i'm trying and to tell it. you and i'm trying to tell you why it's not the right way to be it's just not you can't you can't yet you can well be in, i damn sure hope if, that they make a big deal on friday my friend I really do. I genuinely do. Okay. Well, uh, you know, I have I have, have I led you down the wrong path before? Yes. <laughs> what kind of question is that? Uh. Speaking of, so this uh, uh. L- let me let me steer this back for a second. We talked about at the end of the season, there was word going on, there was word coming out of different parts of the Flyers organization or people around the team that the Flyers might have been targeting eric carlson as if not their number one target then then one of their top targets yeah they they definitely definitely wanted if he got the free agency they were going to be in on him um and carlson ends up getting we we think 11 million dollars per year over eight years correct which i mean actually it's a little bit more than that. it's ended up being i think it was 92 million dollar contract over eight years would eric carlson have been a great player for the flyers absolutely Mm mm-hmm would I have liked to have seen what that contract looks like in three years? No. What the I think the li- the likelihood of Carlson becoming the next Peter Forsberg and never getting it right, I think that is a pretty high probability. I, I will tell you that I that I think you're nuts because he yeah, he had to take a it took him a little time to get kind of get going this year. Again, coming off of the injuries that he had and everything else. But once once he kind of got into the second half of the season and leading into the playoffs and then into the playoffs, he was he was vintage Eric Carlson. He was the he was awesome, and there's that's why the Sharks signed him f- to the contract that they did because they saw it. They said, okay, he's finally healthy, and when he's healthy, there's no doubt that he is the the, the best offensive defenseman in hockey, hands down. And so, you know, I would have it was a, to me it was a smart signing by the Sharks. Um, if I was the Flyers, I would have, you know, I would have liked to see him get to free agency and see and see if he could have sold them on coming here. Um, 11, that would have been fun. Million dollars a year, good God! And the Flyers it's had just the money. Just, I know they, they had did. the cap space to do it. I know, I know they did. It's right? Just, that's a lot of money. It's a yeah. lot of money. It was for a guy. smart. It was a smart play by the Sharks. Because a lot of I money think, for a guy who's played fewer games, three straight seasons. Yeah, I, who's I, mean, got I don't a groin, Who's got a groin injury? I don't know that. Groin I don't injuries know that, recur. I don't know that the Flyers would have made that offer right away. Um, the Sharks probably gave him a little bit more than than he would have gotten on in free agency to sign it before free agency. So you know, but I kudos to the Sharks, man. They they did it the right way. They did the thing that they had to do to secure a an elite player in the league, and they did it. And so nobody else had a chance to get him. That that's good on the Sharks. Good on the Sharks. Sucks for the Flyers, but it's good on the Sharks. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah, well, so just to kind of conclude this whole, what they've done so far, um, what it what it amounts to is this. Somebody's got to go. They have nine defensemen under contract right now. Nine. Oh, don't you start. I know where this is going. Go ahead. 
Well, no, I, I, I mean, look, it might Andrew not Andrew McDonald, be. I, I know you're not going to, I know you're not going to say it. Andrew McDonald, rest in peace. All right. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for so, thank you so much for everything you did. Anthony, you ever see the video of the, uh, the guy sitting at the pro wrestling thing? It was like in a high school gym and he addresses Terry Funk and a bunch of the other hardcore legends. He just looks at them and he says, I just want to thank y'all for all y'all put y'all's body through. It's still real to me, damn it. That's me with Andrew McDonald. That contract is still real to me. Okay. Still so real. So so here's the thing. Here's what you got, all right? Niskanen is 5.7, but if you count the extra 1.2-ish million that they are taking off of Gudis' contract, you're really looking at him being almost a $7 million defenseman. Woof. Okay? Woof. Braun is 3.8. So now you're at 10.8. Yep. Um, Haig, currently, 1.15, right? So that puts you at, uh, what, 11.9? Uh, Marin's about 700,000. So that puts you at 12.6. Sandheim and Provorov are both restricted free agents. I got to think Provorov's getting five. No way. <laughs> I, th- I think he will. Somebody's I think, this. I think he will, and I think Sanheim probably. Why gets is Provorov only going to get five? Well, he could get more. I mean, he could get more. Um, if the GMs weren't all colluding, then somebody would offer sheet Provorov. Like if word got out that that's all the Flyers are willing to spend is five million on Provy, then somebody I, would somebody would have to offer sheet at what seven eight. Well. I mean, if the so fl- it's entirely possible that, it still but, happens, but I, five million but just seems. If they low. did that, if they did that, the Flyers would match it. The of course they would, but that's what I'm saying. Like five five million doesn't seem like much. But then six, okay, fine. Give him six. Then give say seven. then say six and a half. How about we split the difference? All right, I think it's let's give seven and a half, eight. So you you have fun with six and a half. Go ahead. Uh, okay, whatever. All right, so let's seven. Give him seven. All right. Yes. Let's give him seven. And what do you give in Sanheim? Three. I think you're a little low on that. I think he should be higher. I think he's going right, to be let's four. Let's go four. Let's yeah. go four. Okay. So that's another $11 million. All right? I haven't even thrown in Gostas Bear at 4.5. Mm. Okay? So we're, we're talking about, you know, 11 with, between Provrov and Sanheim, um, 11 between Niskanen and Braun, and then Haig and, and, and Marin, another two. It's twenty, almost twenty-four Myers. million dollars. You say Myers? I, I didn't even say Myers. My, I didn't say Myers. Right? Okay. That's another one, right? So, um, so Myers is. I think he's still just on his. Uh, I think he's on. Yeah. The base, the base contract, which would seven, be seven hundred thousand ish, right? Yep. So okay, so not, but still, you're you're talking like twenty-five million, twenty-six million, not even including <laughs> Gostas Bear, just for defensemen. So there's there's no to me there's no way now again if you're expecting Niskanen to play with Provorov and you're expecting Braun to play with Sanheim there's no way you're going to carry a guy like Gostas Bear at four point five million on a third pair nor are you pairing Gostas Bear with Phil Myers because Gostas Bear's got flaws in his defensive game and Myers is still. You know, he's still green, okay? So could they instead – could they keep Gossis Bear and and move Robert Haig instead? Sure. 
Absolutely, they could do that. But what makes more sense? And if you're going to trade for a forward, who's the who's the trade bait? Shaney. It's Shane gotta Boy. be. It's gotta be. No, Shane Gostasper is obviously going to get moved to fourth line left wing. It's something the fans have clamored for for a long time, Anthony. Let's <laughs> let's just. If you can't play defense, just move him to the wing. Uh, move him to the wing. See how it works. Yeah. Well, another thing that people don't realize, and yeah, there are four RFAs, but the, the Flyers have only seven forwards under contract right now. Yep. And, and seven NHL forwards under contract right now. Giroux, um, Giroux at 8.2, uh, yep. yeah, 8.275. Jake at 8.25. JVR at seven. Couturier, <laughs> four and a third, baby. That is a, that is the most frugal, wonderful deal. Yeah. Uh, Raffle at 1.6 because you needed to sign him during the season. It was the only way to find success for next season. Nolan Patrick and Oscar Lindblom are both at 925. Yeah, still on their entry level contract. So they have they have 31 million dollars, 31.3 roughly committed to the forwards next season. Right. So now um Lawton, Konechny, um Hartman, Hartman and Bailey. Yeah, who I don't think Justin whatever Justin Bailey's a nothing. Bailey guy. could be like a he could be an organizational guy, right? Like he can go to the Phantoms. Yeah, I guess if he, if he I guess so. I guess whatever. But I mean, he's irrelevant in my mind. Um, and then you got Kevin Hayes, who you have the rights to if he signs. But so right now you have seven guys under contract. You're probably definitely bringing back three of those RFAs. That's ten. And if you're hoping you you, you land Kevin Hayes, that's eleven. Well, guess what? Normally you carry fourteen forwards on your roster. So there's three spots that are open. Do you really think there are guys in the AHL who are ready to jump in and claim those spots? Nick Abe Kubel, baby. Let's go. Another The RFA. knack attack. Another RFA, by the way. Um, you know, I know that they kind of like Connor Bunneman's game a little bit. They, you know, I think he's a guy who might last a little bit longer in uh, training camp than, than, ex- than anybody else expects. You don't and think they, they're going to bring back uh, Phil Verone? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I mean, if they could, I mean, they could certainly bring him back and make him an sure. AHL. An they can AHL, also sign me. An AHL player, right? I mean, he could be that, but um, sure, but not. No, not for the not for the big club. So, where are these other forwards coming from? Where are they coming from? They well, hopefully, be. one either comes from Tampa Bay or one comes from Toronto on an offer sheet that I'd value somewhere around $13 million per season. I'm telling you, there's a lot more to come. And so that's why that's why I'm like, I'm, I'm not ready to just jump off, you know, bridges about these small trades and, and off and, um, you know, hoping that Kevin Hayes signs kind of thing, because I really think that they're going to make an effort for bigger fish. All right, San Filippo, what are the odds the Flyers actually offer a sheet to a top RFA. I think I don't think a top guy. I really don't. Well, I don't care anymore. I don't see the point in living. I don't. I, I don't think it's an. I think I don't think it's a top guy. I think they might offer sheet. Like I said, we've been we've mentioned it before. Like a guy like Kapanen. Like Kapanen. Um, I think that's a, a real possibility. But no, I don't. I don't think that there's. I don't think they're going after a Marner or or anything of those. Anybody of that ilk. I could be wrong, but I, I don't think so. 
Okay. Well, thanks for that. Yeah. I'm going to go crawl into a corner now. Yeah. Uh, we had some questions on Twitter. Is there anything else that you wanted to uh, dash my hopes and dreams with before we uh, head out tonight? No. no you brought that negativity to. of uh, crossed up over to Snow the Goalie. Thank you for that. Really, <laughs> greatly appreciate that. Keep getting your five-star reviews over there. And uh... Anyway, uh, here's a few. Spinning my wheels through life says, uh, where is the impact move? I, I don't know, man. I don't it's know either. coming. Uh, at TJ Smooth Zero says, does Braun trade completely em- eliminate going after Spurgeon? I don't think anything's eliminated. Okay. I don't think anything is eliminated at this point. Let me. Now, I mean, do if, I think is, I is think there a chance I, that that we see Jake moved for salary relief if if the idea here is to go after somebody big? I don't think so. either via trade. No, you think no. Jake is Jake is here to stay. I'm pretty locked sure. and loaded. Okay. I, I'm pr- at least to start the season. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that was actually a question from uh, at Flyers Guru. Uh, we had, I think that's Mead, Mead, a, a, a jam. It's uh, Jamie who uh, asked where Justin Braun fits into the existing defensive scheme. You think he's going to be second pair defenseman. Uh, Jerry Temple at Jerry Temple says, pick one to offer sheet point or Marner. If I had to pick one, I mean, based, if I had, you know, based purely on talent, it's Mitch Marner hands down. Um, if I had to pick one based on which one do I think I could fit into my salary structure better, it would probably be Braden Point. Um, but I, you know, I don't think either one is a realistic possibility. Uh, Matt Matt Lebo asked a question that uh, I don't know have the answer to. Have either of you gotten wind as to why the Flyers aren't offering their ten game packages anymore? <laughs> That's another story for another day. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't have the I don't have we'll the follow speci- up on that. I don't have the specific answer to that question, but I can tell you that whew, things are not good on the other side of the aisle for the Flyers. You know, the business side of things are really, really a mess. Right, Matt. Now. We'll follow up with that in the uh, in a future episode or something uh, written over yeah. the written word on Crossing Broad. Mike Aceto says uh, Fletcher's done very well rating the team of bad players. However, every acquisition has been a band-aid sideways move that's always been very underwhelming. Will they actually make a high-level acquisition, or are we stuck spinning the hamster wheel? Again, I you think you keep saying just hold, just wait. Yeah, something's coming, okay. guys. Something, something is coming, and and it, it, you know maybe it's not as big as I think it's going to be, and then in which case, you know, in an episode, you know, two weeks from now, I'll probably be, you know, just as, just as. Uh, angry as the rest of you right but um for now i'm i'm going to be the one preaching patience for two weeks and let's see what happens uh this is interesting so chris at c-m-a-e-n-z-18 says uh based on ghost and provorov myers braun and niskanen and sanheim give me your uh ideal defensive pairings the funny thing there is that that was framed as ghost being one of the six yeah, well, I mean, is that still a possibility? It is, but he, to me, he would have to play with, uh, he would have to play with Braun probably because I thought Ghost was at his best in the last couple seasons. Um, obviously, there was that stretch where he was really good with Provorov, but I, I think that, you know, aside from that little stretch, I think he actually played well with with Robert Haig, if that makes sense. So, if you want a player like Haig, who's um, like Braun. Braun's really good at, at you know breaking up rushes and 
uh, denying zone entries. He's, he recovers quickly. Um, he, you know, he's stay at home. He's not going to jump up and, you know, get himself caught. So if you want a guy who can kind of, you know, balance out Gostas Bear's, you know, aggressiveness, I think that would be a, a decent pairing for him. Although I don't see it because then if that if that's the case, then you're demoting Travis Sanheim. And are you ready to demote Travis Sanheim to nope to nope. guarantee that Ghost has a better partner? Nope, I'm not. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I don't think that the way that they're making moves for this blue line, I don't see how Ghost fits. I really don't. Um, Fourth line and, wing. Look. Third, I mean, it's possible. Seven defensemen, baby. They it's did it enough last year at the end of the yeah, season. It's possible. We're totally here for it. It's possible they make him a third third line, third pair defenseman. I don't know. I I don't think right, you're going to – I don't know. I just don't, I don't see it. Here's another one. Um, assume that Hayes ends up being the 2C. The team re-signs all their RFAs and, and have a, a decent backup goalie. If the third line right wing spot were open for a prospect, who would be the most likely to fill that spot next season? Frost, Farabee, or Ratcliffe? Uh, well, if if those are my choices, I would. I think Ratcliffe is closest to the NHL. I don't think he's the best of the three, but I think he's probably the closest of the three. He's physically the closest. Yeah. 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 Um, but I don't, th- you know, yeah. So if if that's my choice, if it's if I have to pick between those three, um, I, I probably rank them: Ratcliffe, Frost, Farabee, in that order uh, of who's closest to the NHL. Um, I, I just think that there are other minor league forwards who will who will get the option to play at the NHL level before the three of them do. Okay. Uh, the last one was. Uh... Matty G at Groves 10287, who said the Blues are the closest Philly will get to a Stanley Cup in our lifetime. Agree or disagree? Disagree. Gloria. I, it was cool. It was a cool thing. It was a cool run. It was fun. It was, I couldn't be happier for Craig Berube. Um, you know, this, this city really didn't quite understand that he was, he, his hands were tied a little bit as a coach. And he really wasn't given a chance here. So, you know, even when he was kind of run out of here, you know, the fans were like, good riddance. Well, uh, I hope I hope you realize, you know, just how good of a coach he, he really is. And he's going to be for years to come. I, I, I you know, I think Chief is, is a really good coach. I, I thought he was a good coach when he was here. I defended him a lot. If you go back and if you want to, waste time and go back and scroll through my Twitter from six, seven years ago when he was the coach. Um, and, and you see how many times I would defend him. There was a reason. And, you know, I've, I, I fought a lot of battles in that with fans. Uh, and now I think you're seeing that, you know, he was a guy that probably deserved, you know, more time here because the team was not ready to win when he was their coach. And it's good for him, but I think that the, this whole notion of, uh, hey, we got to root for the Blues because they have a connection to Philly because they were in a bar here, you know, and they they made a song that they heard in that bar, their anthem, and then they went and won the Stanley Cup. I think that's kind of a shallow connection. All right. Well, I guess that's uh, I guess that's it for this episode. I do want to point out to people we mentioned a little bit earlier. 
Um, we did a crossover podcast with a St. Louis Blues podcast. What was it? A week or two ago, we recorded. Yes. We uh, we talked all about the history of the uh, the Blues and Flyers rivalry going back to what the seventies. Um, it was a, an interesting time. We had a, yeah, we had Jeff, a good time. Jeff, Pond, Jeff Ponder. Jeff, Jeff Ponder of uh, Let's Go Blues Radio. So when that comes out, I'm looking. Oh wait, they have the summer schedule out. All right, let's see. Uh, it looks like our episode is going to go live on July eighth, so enjoy that. We'll, he moved uh, us. He moved us way the hell up, by the way. Yeah, he did. He moved us up from. We were supposed to be at the end of August to. Yeah. Uh, wow, look at that. I, and I'm betting it's because it was a really good episode. <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, I may or may not have trolled St. Louis fans. A little bit. A lot of bit. A little bit. Um, but so that's but, why. So if, just to, just to kind of give you guys a preview, and we're gonna we're gonna um, put it out as, on the Snow the Goalie uh, feed, so you guys will will get it as well. Um, but here's what I can tell you: uh, Russ trolls um, St. Louis fans hard, and I tell some great stories from the you know from the past. So I think that that's why I think that's why it was such a good episode. It I think was, that's why it's, he, it was he a thought lot of fun. Uh, Jeff Ponder thought it was going to be like a twenty minute thing, and we were like close to an hour. I think we were right? over an hour. I think over we were an over an hour. Yeah, yeah, we were. I know this is scared. entirely surprising that you and I would talk for <laughs> upwards of an hour. I know, but it was yeah. a lot of fun. So that'll be coming out, I guess. Yeah, July eighth is when it says. So I'm I'm assuming that we'll then uh, be able to. We'll probably just drop it the same day. Yeah, to our yeah, feed we'll, as well. But uh, absolutely. It was a lot of fun, so I'm glad. I'm glad St. Louis ended up winning it. Thank God. You know, I, f- I do feel bad for Boston fans. That that uh, championship drought that their city's going through is just really, really tragic. <laughs> oh, by the way, so you you add in not only did they lose that, not only are they going to lose Kyrie Irving, but now uh, the news broke while we were recording that Al Horford uh, is looking for a four year deal, so he might be leaving Boston as well. You oh. hate to see it happen to such a great city. Such a fantastic sports uh, sports fan base. I'm just really broken up over it. Uh, anyway, we'll probably be back uh, later this week or at the earliest, probably Monday of next week, to break down the draft and any moves that are made. I actually have, believe it or not, Anthony, I have a radio hit scheduled for later this week. I'll put that on on Twitter uh, when uh, when it's going to be going on. But You have a radio not, hit? I actually do. Can you believe it? It's a real-life thing. What? I, Where it is? Well, I'll, I'll tweet it out later this week. I don't want to. I don't want to put it public yet. Just I'm a little bit superstitious, but I, it it will be happening. We're talking about the Flyers' moves and possible draft. So wait things. a second. So, so somebody. So somebody. Out. Somebody hosting a radio show in this yep. market. Is it in this? I didn't market? say which market. I didn't say which market. I so would say that that it is a top market. <laughs> so somebody hosting a radio show. Yes. That wants to talk about hockey. Yes. That checks out our podcast. Yes, decided that they would rather have you on the air than me. Do you blame them? I, I, Boom! I, Boom! I don't. Bang! I don't. Bang! I don't predict that show lasts very long on whatever radio station. He scars. <laughs> Joy puts the biscuit in the basket, and the fires have a lead. I hope they anyway. listen to. I hope they just listen to that and decided that. <laughs> Started to second guess themselves. It's gonna be a recurring. Yeah, it's gonna go from being one hit to a recurring segment. That's what's yeah. gonna end up. Yeah. Uh, anyway, thanks uh, as always for listening to Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast. Uh, go check out the other shows on the Crossing Broad Podcast Network, including Crossed Up with Anthony and Bob, who still won't use his real name. He's a coward, but he did win the South Jersey Baseball Coach of the Year 
by the uh, Philadelphia Inquirer. So I'm sure if you pull it up, you'll find his last name. Tell him. Go on to Twitter. He's uh, he's BW Crossing Broad. Go on there and uh, please start tweeting at him. Use your name, coward. Uh, go follow them. Go listen to that show. It's fantastic. It's all of the Philly stuff you need. And chances are, if you see it hit your podcast feed, it means the Phillies lost the night before. So after you decided to not stay up through the uh, six and a half hour rain delays that often plague baseball, you, uh, you can just find out based on when they drop their show. Course Crossing broadcast. Uh, Kevin and I recorded last week. Probably do another one this week, talking all things Philadelphia sports. Probably including this uh, this outrage today about the Eagles uh, taking their training camp schedule down to one public showing, and now charging people ten dollars under the guise of it being charitable. Woof. Uh, go check out Crossing Broad FC, where we'll be breaking down the uh, the Women's World Cup and any other news going on in international soccer. Uh, Broadline Sports hey, Betting. Listen, I, I, got, I got a question what? for you. Bye, bye, bye. Yeah, was that uh, boy? They really needed that thirteen goal differential, didn't they? They did. It was really great. Uh, uh, Broadline Sports Betting it. Podcast, where you can go what? for all of your sports betting stuff. Of course, big news. If you go onto uh, Crossing Broad's website uh, on desktop, you'll be able to see at the top. You can claim a uh, a promo code to uh, play the Sugar House Sportsbook. If you're in, I believe, PA and in New Jersey, you can play it. I've been diving into the uh, Sugar House Sportsbook in Pennsylvania. You cannot play it on iOS. The only way for you to play it is either on a desktop, uh, laptop, or on an Android device. iOS blocks it. It's a long story. We have a whole explainer video and explainer article on the site for that. But uh, that's worth checking out. And did I miss any? Plus 16. Oh, it's, oh it's, it's always soccer in Philadelphia. Well, our good friend Kevin Kincaid, and I, I heard you and Bob the other day, you were riffing on this, and, and you didn't know where Kevin's having his uh, live podcast. Well, of course, that's going to be on Saturday, July 20th, from 5 to 6 p.m. before the Chicago Fire game at the Laramere Beer Company. Uh, it's at 15 Angle Street G Suite, or G Unit, <laughs> G Unit, in Chester, PA. So uh, it's really close to Talon Energy Stadium. So if you want to go and listen to uh, Kevin, he's going to have some hosts. Go listen to uh, to that show. Go see it in person. Have a uh, have a beer. Support a local business in Chester. That again is July twentieth from five to six p.m. It's a Saturday. Anything else, my friend? No, I'm done. Okay, we'll be back uh, either later this week or the beginning of next week to break down the Flyers draft and of course gonna, whatever feeling, this big draft I, day trade. I have that a Anthony feeling. Is, uh, I have a feeling up. that I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get a text on Friday night from Russ. The in all in capital letters, emergency pod. I'm, I'm predicting it now. It's coming. <sighs> we'll talk to you soon.